This is Keeping Connected, a special series produced through the Connected Nation podcast. In this series, we talk with leaders working to secure the broadband and digital futures of our communities. Specifically, we talk with individuals who serve in varying public or private capacities, working to ensure our communities are keeping connected. I'm your host, Wes Kerr. Today's guest is Sarah Esty, the Senior Deputy Director for Policy and Planning at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Sarah oversees the development and implementation of major cross-cutting policies, including behavioral health system transformation, social determinants of health strategy, and health information technology and data interoperability. She supervises the Office of Equity and Minority Health and serves as a leader on disparity reduction and racial justice initiatives. Sarah also manages teams working on regulatory oversight for major health procedures, equipment, and facility construction and workforce planning and support. During the COVID response, during the COVID response, Sarah has taken on several additional roles. She leads the protection pillar of Michigan's COVID response, quarantine, isolation, and prevention, including overseeing distribution of 6 million plus free face masks to the public, creation of a $25 million PPE grant program for healthcare businesses, of the public response hotline, inbox, and chatbot operations that have answered over 200,000 resident questions with dedicated hotlines for test site navigation and quarantine isolation support. She also coordinates the epidemic order drafting the issuance process for MDHHS. She earned her bachelor degree at Harvard University and her JD and MBA from Yale. Sarah, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on. Uh, we've we've had several of the uh, task force members on, and uh, it's exciting to, to get to know each and every one of you. And as becoming custom, I try to do some sort of an icebreaker with each of the guests. And so today I'm curious, I, I read through your bio just a moment ago, and, and I can't imagine how you have any free time. But if you do or when when you do, what might we find you doing? Um, you know, it has been a busy last year, um, but I still do try to find time for fun things. So, uh, when I have time, you'll probably find me, uh, out for a long run, uh, in one of the parks by my house, um, or at the farmer's market and then baking delicious things, uh, with the supplies that I bought. So today, what we want to look at is, is how, how broadband and technology is impacted and specifically kind of how your role and the things that you do, uh, touch on that. And so with that, I'm curious uh, how important you feel that broadband and, and related technology is to, to day-to-day life. I mean, broadband and, and internet access was already incredibly important before COVID, and now it is even more essential. Um, and so, for example, um, my team has been working for a year now Um, on the state's health information technology roadmap um, and thinking about how we can better leverage um, health data and data sharing and patient data access to give people control over their own health, access to providers, access to new ways of of getting health services. Um, And so all of that was important before COVID, but now where it maybe is less safe to go to a doctor where you might be exposed if you leave your house, where uh, people aren't able to travel as easily, where people have more health concerns, where there's more mental health needs, um, it is even more important um, that everyone have internet access 
Um, and that means broadband access. That means affordable internet. That means service they can use. That means access to devices um, and digital literacy. Uh, so they know how to use those devices. In your position, what concerns you the most about inadequate access to broadband and technology? I mean, it is so essential to everything for people's lives today. So if you don't have internet, that means your kids can't go to school virtually, um, which most school districts are uh, doing right now because of COVID. It means if you lose your job, you don't have the ability to find new jobs or to do training for things like coding um, or online higher education that might be your pathway to a better job. It means you don't have access to find uh, a doctor that you might need to see or to communicate with your doctor to get test results. It, there's just so many ways, you know, even being able to reach out uh, to find information about benefits programs you might qualify for. Just everything runs through the internet these days. And so if you don't have access or you don't know how to use it, it's so difficult uh, to advance yourself um, and to get the resources you or your family might need. As a state agency, is there a community of people that you feel are the, at the biggest disadvantage? And how do you believe broadband and technology can help neutralize that disadvantage? You know, I think there's a number of different groups um, that face different types of, of challenges. So in our rural areas, um, we know that there are problems with not having broadband or good internet. Um, and uh, that is a problem for our, our medical providers. Uh, we hear from EMS that, you know, they don't have good enough internet to be able to uh, call in ahead to the hospital to let them know that they're bringing in a patient, right? So there's really uh, serious uh, medical implications uh, for not having internet access. Then in other parts of the state, um, maybe in some of our poorer uh, urban areas, there is internet, but there are a lot of affordability challenges. And so uh, it's not very helpful to hypothetically be able to hook up to the internet if you can't afford the service. Um, or maybe you only have it on your cell phone and a lot of websites aren't set up for you to be able to access them uh, without a, a desktop or a laptop. So that's a different group that might face challenges. Um, and then when we think about our seniors um, who may be significantly in need of access to, to different government services or uh, have health challenges where they need to communicate with providers, but they may be less comfortable with the internet um, have more trouble navigating their devices. And so uh, they have their own set of challenges um, and barriers that we need to, to work to overcome with them. And Sarah, in your role, what do you believe is the most important thing that you can do to help impact the digital future of those you serve? Well, one of the exciting things about my role is I get to work at problems from a lot of different angles. So the work that we're doing around the health information technology roadmap, what I'm really excited about there is the chance to listen to stakeholders across Michigan to hear what their vision is for how they might use data and technology to make people healthier. And as part of this new vision process, we are bringing to the table groups who haven't always been part of the planning process. So making sure that when we think about health, it's not just doctors, it's food service providers, it's domestic violence providers, it's the mental health providers, it's the full set of community services that people need 
uh, to live healthy and well lives. And so I'm really excited about the chance to more comprehensively think about what healthy and well looks like and bring all of those parties together to think about how does a care team communicate and address all of person's needs um, so that they aren't having to run around uh, all over the state to get help in different places or missing out on resources that they might need. I'm also really excited to be working uh, with our racial justice team and thinking about the digital divide and ways that we can really intentionally make sure that there's equitable access uh, to internet, to broadband, to devices and digital literacy Um, particularly at this moment as folks are even more reliant than ever on the internet for services, that inequality in access to good internet does not become a barrier uh, and a cause of inequality across a much larger range of services and outcomes, uh, which I think is a very real risk uh, if we're not making uh, intentional efforts to overcome those barriers. And that same kind of, I guess, the same thought process and, and, and as we look at it, what can, uh, what do you think that the, the average resident, um, the average Joe, if you will, uh, what can they do to be involved or help with, you know, broadband and technology related issues? I mean, I think there's little things people could do. So where there are maybe volunteering opportunities to help with digital literacy or training for their neighbors, uh, maybe for for seniors in their community, uh, I think that's a great opportunity to just build skills. Uh, I think also I would like to see people be advocates for um, broadband access and for internet access, uh, really like other vital utilities. And so speaking up and saying you think that uh, your community should have broadband for all um, and that it is an equity issue that everyone have the ability to get online, uh, I I think that would be really powerful to hear straight from uh, citizens to lawmakers and folks uh, who have the budget power to make that happen. As we look to expand and increase broadband and technology availability, adoption and use in our communities, Is there any advice you'd give to others, whether that be to local leaders or to your peers and other agencies in the state? You know, I'm really excited about the cross-department work uh, that we have been doing over the last few months. And there have been so many opportunities where just getting everyone around the table together, we've identified opportunities to work uh, together more effectively. So I would say uh, to my fellow state government leaders, uh, I'm eager to continue working with them uh, and sharing opportunities for projects we can work together on. Uh, One of the biggest challenges is thinking about how we can bring together different funding sources to make, for example, a subsidy for low-income residents large enough to actually afford internet access, where each of us might have different pools of money for different purposes. So our department might be able to provide a minimal subsidy uh, for people who need internet access for health purposes. Uh, The school system might have money available to get children online. Um, The libraries might have funding available to help uh, certain groups of low-income residents get internet access, things like that. And so I'm excited to continue the discussion about ways that we could all bring together our resources to achieve things that each of us are unable to do individually. And Sarah, as we as we kind of look to close up this afternoon, is there anything that we haven't touched on or is there something that you wanted to that you'd like to speak to that we haven't discussed? 
I mean, I would say we're also certainly looking what's happening at the federal level as well, from the Medicaid and Office of the National Coordinator. Uh, they do a lot to support uh, health information technology and data sharing, including opening up new funding channels uh, to support state work to better access and use data, as well as getting maybe more providers hooked up, more patients hooked up. So um, I am hopeful uh, that uh, we will see uh, sustained investment in this from the federal level and potentially expanded investment um, that will also open up further exciting possibilities uh, for investments we could make here in Michigan. That's exciting to, to hear that perspective of how the federal, you know, impacts both state and local. Sarah, thank you again for joining us today. And, and thanks for all you're doing to help secure a digital future for Michiganders. Thanks for having me, Wes. Today's guest has been Sarah Esty with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. I'm Wes Kerr. Thanks for listening to Keeping Connected. If you like the show and want to know more about our nonprofit, head to ConnectedNation.org and look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or Spotify.